Man, talk radio. Yes, talk radio. It's so boring, man. Okay. Waiting around the net. Waiting. He's open. Gilmore. Solo job. And he's won it in a second overtime period. How about that? Seven seconds left in this, the first period. That one was too high for the breeze. Here's Newman. Good to stop Barazan. Here's Lemieux. The center penalty coming up. Look at Lemieux. Oh my heavens. What a goal. What a move. Lemieux. Oh, baby. Umberger who fell in front of it. The Blue Jackets get it up the center ice. There's Umberger getting rid of it. Down it goes. The shot. Score. Kill now, folks. Time to kill now. Overtime, power play, Carolina. Moving out. Rindamore at the far side. That's broken. Here's a break. And as Pisani scores, a short-handed goal for Pisani in the Edmonton Oilers. Come out of the box, or out on the ice, and they are celebrating a huge win here tonight. Driving's rained out Weatherman with fingers in the sky Puffs it out Puffs it For Tuesday, April 9th, 2019, I'm Bruce Bataglia of Puck77.com. Uh, I'm James Cole. I was going to really draw it out. Oh, really? Like, really, I thought really that was my window. Slow. No, well, i was, I got to say where I'm from. Yeah, Otherwise but we're both, we're both from the me. same place. I guess that's so, true. Yeah. I forgot to mention I work for ESPN now. Now you feel like an idiot. Yeah, that's true. That's true. We uh, still not there. Moving on up. Still not. Still not part of ESPN. No. No. Maybe one day. Uh, I got to move to Bristol though. Why? That's where. That's where their office is. Yeah, but why? Well, if I were, if I guess, I guess I don't have to work like at ESPN. I could just work for ESPN. No, you're still not answering my question. Why is there an office in Bristol? Oh, why is it, why is it there? Oh, uh, I don't know. Maybe because it's it's quiet in Bristol. Maybe nothing happens there. It's like that's when they you send want, I guess. Chandler to Tulsa. That's just like that is like really, when they send Chandler to really Tulsa. Off yeah. the beaten trail. Yeah, it's like uh, Winchester, Tenfieldville, Iowa, sort of thing. You know. Did ESPN start out by like exclusively covering NASCAR races at Bristol? Is that how that started? See, or? but it's not. I don't think it's that Bristol. I think it's a what? different. I think it's Bristol, Connecticut, and the, the Bristol Motor Speedway. I don't think is there. I'll look it up. <laughs> Our first Google of the podcast: Bristol Motor Speedway is in Bristol, Tennessee. So I was also wrong. How many Bristols are there? Too many. How many? What, what, over. I'm going to set the over under at three point five. Oh, it was way more. How many Bristols are there? In the, no, not in the world. Do we want to know world or U.S.? U.S. In the U.S. You're, you're saying way more? Oh, yeah. One per state. <laughs> the <laughs> there are, wow, 
hard over. There's minimum, like I, I don't even know. There's minimum like twenty five. Oh yeah, yeah. Not shocked. Holy shit! How many? Okay, how many? How many Bristol's do you think are like, like over ten thousand people live there? Like three, five. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, the <laughs> this Wikipedia page. So there's Bristol, Rhode Island. And it's like, there's notes on the side, like naming notes. Named after Bristol, England. Bristol, Virginia. Named after Bristol, England. Bristol, (laughs) Maine. Named after Bristol, England. Like, how unreal is Bristol, England? There's a Bristol, Quebec. Named after Bristol, Bristol, England. That's wild. Yeah. Anyway, this is Laced Up a Hockey Podcast. That it is. This is the playoff preview episode, which I guess you wouldn't know it based on the conversation so far. Oh boy. Lots of stuff to talk about hockey, and we're we're Googling Bristol. Do you think Bristol Board is named after Bristol, England? Jesus Christ. Do you think so? I... Sure. That's... (laughs) Fuck. You You know who might know? Bob Cole. You know who does know? Who? Jeff Merrick? Redcorn. You think John would know? Oh, yeah. Should we call him in? We, he's coming soon. I forgot to mention uh, we were supposed to call in Kyle Hogan. Where are we? For tonight. He was going to be our Calgary Flame correspondent. Um, but I forgot to actually make a plan with him. So, yeah. um, fuck it. We're not calling him no, tonight. I'm heartbroken. I could try to call him, but I don't I don't want him to answer. We tried calling Kyle in uh, a few weeks ago, uh, if any of you were wondering where he's been. And uh, he was at the gym, and the sound at his gym was so bad because there was so much noise in the background, we had to cut the entire interview. Like, none of it was salvageable. You, like, you guys you guys may have wanted to hear it, but, like, at the end of the day, it would have been a lot of just, like... It was not good. It was just, yeah, it was really bad. So we, we had to cut it, unfortunately. So, uh, I don't know. Maybe I'll try to call him when we get there. But we got some other stuff to talk about first. Bob Cole. Yeah. Bob Cole. Mr. Cole. Uncle Bob. Yeah, your uncle. Yeah. Yeah. It recalled his final National Hockey League game on Saturday night at La Belle Center. Uh, the Toronto Maple Leafs fell 6-5 to five in a shootout to the Montreal Canadiens and specifically Ryan Paling. Uh, somehow Charlie Lindgren got a win out of that game. Isn't that kind yeah, of amazing to I, think about after the fucking night he had? I kind of forgot about that aspect of yeah. it until you just yeah, mentioned no, it's, it. That's, that's a weird one. Huh. Um, I guess, first off, maybe your thoughts on not so much... Bob Cole's career, but the the game itself did. Uh, I mean, did CBC handle it or Sportsnet? I guess handle it in a way that you expected them to. Do you think that the night sort of paid homage to Bob in in the right sort of way? Like, do you think there was anything they could have done differently? I I liked it. I think it was about as close to perfect as you were gonna get. All things considered, the game was awesome. The game was great. The game was awesome. Uh, aside from the fact that it had to go to a shootout, which I think is a a little bit of a letdown in the bigger picture, but we got more Bob out of it, so I guess that's the the silver lining there. Um, yeah, like Ron McLean had obviously he he's been there uh, working next to Bob for the last oh, it's gonna be close to forty years at this point. Two of them obviously very close. Uh, Ron had some really nice words to say there. Uh, Don Cherry, who uh, I think you know, we're on record as saying is someone we don't really agree with uh, too often, had some nice things to say about Bob Cole. Um, and yeah, I, I think at, at the end of the day, there there really wasn't much more that they could have done to make it any better. My only my only wish maybe was that we could have had a little bit more 
from uh, previous color commentator appearances. You know, five minutes from from this color guy, five minutes from this color guy, and just kind of give them their last lap with uh, with Bob. But he, I mean, he's... did you like? Do you remember seeing Dick Irvin anywhere? No. Where was he? I don't know. Dick Irvin is the classic, like, anytime something special happens, or even just, like, it's playoff time, it's like, we're going to bring Dick out to talk for, like, a minute, and he just, like... Is Dick okay? I think so. I, I assume, I mean, he's, like, the same age as Bob Cole, so... See, I didn't think about it until you mentioned it. it now I'm getting worried. Isn't that kind of crazy to think about that, like, Dick Irvin's been retired for how long? Like, so long. Yeah. And he, I'm pretty sure, is. I'll look it up, but I'm pretty sure that he's the same age as Bob Cole. Yeah, that's you're not you're not wrong. Uh, Bob's two years younger. Two, whatever. Okay, like, <laughs> like whatever. Yeah, uh, yeah. That that would have been a nice uh, a nice addition to say the least. But yeah, yeah. We had uh, you know what? I don't think we got no baby though. I don't think we had no baby. Yeah, I don't. I don't know if there was. And and I mean, to his credit, like the one thing I, I will I will give Bob Cole. Well, not the one thing, but one of the things <laughs> I liked about Bob Cole in that game. Was he, uh, you know, you would never expect him to make it about himself, and he absolutely did not make it about himself. He he called it like a regular hockey game, which I thought was awesome. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Like, he, he, you could see there were a few times where I think he got a little more excited than he ordinarily would in a game like that. And I think he may have done that, you know, just because he knew he could in that moment. Um but he did a great he did a great job calling the game and you know what like honestly again I don't think we could have asked for a better hockey game. Um, obviously, and I've I've said this before I don't like the Habs but like I would have preferred the Habs make the playoffs over Columbus, and I kind of wished that that it was going to come down to that game and that game was going to be the deciding factor because uh, that would have added to the game a little bit that would have made it for an awesome game. Um, but what can you do like it, it for for what it was. It turned the game into an event. Bob turned the game into an event. Uh, luckily, the teams turned the game into an event. Like that was a fantastic hockey game, uh, win or lose. And I was I was happy it went the way it did. I mean, like even just to, like down to like the storyline factors, right? Like you get Charlie Lindgren in a, in like kind of a nothing game, and he manages to get a win out of it. You put Ryan Paling in just to give him like one game of experience. The guy fucking dominates the hockey game. Mm-hmm. Like, like who saw that coming? Yeah, you know, and and, and there, it just like there were so many storylines that got added that helped it out. It was it was great, and I don't think we could have asked for much more. Is he is he the greatest hockey announcer of all time? In my mind, I, yeah. I don't really like. I mean, it's hard. It's, it's hard to compare him to Foster Hewitt, right? Because Foster Hewitt is the reason that we have a Bob Cole or have any of these other guys, you know? Yeah. And Bob, in, in a way, you know, Foster Hewitt walked so Bob Cole could fly, you know, in a way. But it's tough. Like, is some people are going to prefer Foster, some people are going to prefer Bob. I think it's there's obviously a generational aspect there. Yeah. To say who is better, it, it's almost like saying is, you know, is... is Crosby better than Howe. Well, yeah. Who's to say? Like, there's such a gap there. I think there's what I like a... about Bob Cole, and I'm I'm not like I'm honestly blanking on certain other sports announcers that are like this. Is the one unique thing about Bob Cole is, and I heard, I think it was Ron McLean said this is is Bob Cole had a way of of singing the game. 
Like it just it sounded like a song coming from his heart kind of thing. Like he had this unique way of like of talking about a hockey game from his soul. Mm. And I think there have been other guys who have been like that, but I don't know if there was anyone that was quite as like technically sound with the way that they spoke and also you know what I mean? Like just the perfect combination of tone, diction, everything. Like he had it all, man. Like absolutely had it all. Um and like you know, like I heard a lot of people kind of complain that towards the end he would make mistakes a lot. And like he's eighty five years old. We're lucky we have him at all. But like just for the people who are too young to remember this he never used to make mistakes in 2010, man. Like, he never got a fucking player's name wrong. Never. Like, he never, ever fucked up. And I think that that is, alone, that is something that I admire. Because I've talked about it with you before. Like, as Leaf fans, we kind of compare, like, Paul Romanuk to, to John Bartlett. Because that's, you know, we had Romanuk last year, and now we have Bartlett this year. And Romanuk was like Bob Cole in a way that he was able to add excitement to the game in the sound of his voice, but he, he often got stats and players' names wrong. John Bartlett is, like, the opposite. Like, he, technically everything he says is correct, but he's not that exciting to listen to. Mm-hmm. Bob Cole had everything, man, and it, it, it's, uh, it's kind of a shame. Like, I don't really think we have anyone in the game like that at this point. I would, I would say the closest thing we've got is Chris Cuthbert, and to me, he's now sort of the the gold standard of, of hockey broadcasting at this point. Um, but people will disagree. And I think that, you know, that's kind of where we're at now is, you know, the greatest has clearly left us. And now it's, uh, I don't know if there's anyone who reigns supreme. It's yeah. like the early 2000s in the NHL now. It's going to be like, who's the greatest player? And there's going to be like 15 different answers. Yeah, it's, it's it's a shame. I mean, it's one of those things where we all knew, you know, that the day will, will, would come. I'm... I'm glad we didn't lose Bob mid-sentence on the air. Yeah. Uh, so there's that. I guess we could talk about and and say uh, and say at least uh, you know he he got to call one last game. Uh, the only thing I, that kind of bothers me is I don't know if this is him going out on his own terms. I don't know if you know I, I know Sportsnet they wanted to cut him out after what two games this year, and uh, you know eventually that was extended into uh, four. And uh, he he wasn't supposed to call this game. On One thing night. I like about Sportsnet, and I'll give them because, I mean, you were friends with me before we had a podcast. You knew my thoughts on Sportsnet when they immediately took over. Yes, I couldn't watch it. I had to. I muted everything because I couldn't listen to these people. And to Sportsnet's credit, they listened to some people out there who didn't like the broadcasting crew, who didn't like certain ways and certain uh, decisions they made when they came in, and they adjusted. Mm -hmm. And they made changes to the lineup, and now it's, like, unbelievably better. It's still not great, but it's much, much better. And that's maybe what happened with Bob Cole, too, is, is people got wind that he was going to do two games, and people said, fuck that. Give him his proper... Yeah. His tour. He deserves his, his goodbye tour. Yeah. And he got it, and uh, good for him. Yeah. I yeah. thought uh, I thought they did everything pretty well. There was one thing that uh, that was raised by a few people on Twitter, and I guess there really is no good reason for it, is that in the one goodbye video that I'm sure everyone's seen over and over again with like five 
minutes of people talking about how much they love Bob Cole and what he meant to the game of hockey. Uh, there wasn't one female in the entire video. Not one. You could ask Haley Wickenheiser or like Cassie Campbell Cassie who, it, who no? worked with Bob Cole like a few times. Nah, not, really? in, the, not in the official huh. Sportsnet one anyway. There might be a few of them too, but... Uh, the main one that was on the broadcast, yeah, there were no, there were no females in it, so it was kind of, that was kind of weird. But yeah. other than that, like, no, that is, yeah, that's you know true. what I mean? Like just any female player, like they don't even need to, f- he doesn't even need to have called one of their games, man. Like just like at least like a female hockey fan who has fucking watched a game or two is good enough. Like yeah. just something. <laughs> like come on, how fucking hard is that? And I'm also you got Joe Sackick and shit in there. Joe Sackick was getting Gary Thorne call every single one of his games until the Olympics. You know what I mean? Like yeah. Joe Sackick never and, got and that Bob call was Cole never in the the little segment they put together either. I thought, thought that was odd. So I'm wondering if there was there must have been some sort of mm. Olympic yeah. rights thing yeah, going maybe. on because I was I was waiting for the Joe Sackick call, never came. So hmm. hey, yeah. you know what? When you've got that many calls. You can't get them all, so that's true. There's only so much time in a in a segment. That's true. Speaking of segments, it's time to get to everybody's favorite segment before we really get into playoff discussion here. James is getting a beer. Uh, it's time for over unders, and uh, yeah, I guess like I never really mentioned. Uh, yeah, sure. I guess I never really mentioned how we were structuring this episode um, because I did sort of advertise it as just strictly a playoff preview. But we do have some other business to get to, and uh, one of the things I'd be remiss in my duties if I didn't get to was we need to have a good game of over-unders, because James won last week, and it's time to try to get the streak going. Would you agree? Yeah, I mean, uh, you know, every athlete, regardless of the sport, uh, they want to improve, they want to get better, you know, you want to... You don't want to rest on your laurels, and uh, I am no exception. You're so. Kyle Loros. Yeah. How um how are you feeling about this week? Are you are you nervous? Are you how are you approaching it? What's your thought process today? You know what? I'm just gonna try to do what I did last week. Um, there's really no reason to change things up here. Uh, uh, whatever I did works for me, and uh, you know, um, you go in and, and and you give it your best, and and sometimes you know you're gonna come out on the right side of it, and sometimes you're gonna come out on the wrong side of it, and. It, you know, that's just that's just the sport. You know, that's that's how it that's goes sometimes. Sport. So. so typically, um, typically, uh, I'm going to explain this segment because typically, when we do an episode like this with a uh, a bigger sort of broad theme, we get a lot more listeners because you know this is a little bit more of a important sort of event of the season. So I'll explain it to you guys, but it's pretty self-explanatory. I will uh, give. Uh, we're cracking beers, by the way. I. Uh, will give James a category of a statistic. And so let's say it's career-high points in a season. And uh, the player's David Tanabe. And I'll say over or under 24 points is a career-high, and he's got to tell me if it's over or under that number. Now, David Tanabe is not one of the players, although I would be curious what that number is sometime, but we're not, we're not doing that tonight. So, for what it's worth, no David Tanabe. Are you ready? Are you ready to go here, James? I'll erase David from my uh, memory block. From your memory block, career high points in a season will start us out tonight. Number one, Jochen Hecht, over or under fifty three points is a career high. Wow, that's you know that's right around where I would have had him. Like that, so. uh, like that Hecht, you know, a lot of grit, a lot of jam, you know, uh, not the best hands, but you know, pretty good at the quarters, you know. 
I'm going to say he matched his jersey number at least once uh, with 55. So you're taking the over. Hmm. The answer is over. Jochen Heck's career high points in a season. You're, you're pretty close, 56. Nice. In the year that we love to reference in this game, 2006-2007. Wow. I, like, eventually I'm just going to, we're just going to do a 2006-2007 edition of it. League leaguers. Yeah. Give me the top 10 scorers from that season. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> None of them ever got 50 points in a year beside that year. Uh, number two, Radic Bonk, over or under 61 points? Wow. Under. The answer is over, good sir. Radic Bonk had 70 points in 2001-2002 with the Ottawa Senators. That's, that's just that's yep. icky. I think he led them in points, to be honest with you. Um, <laughs> number three in our final career-high points in a season category, defenseman. Because always got to have a D-man in there. Sure. Jordan Leopold, over or under 41 points in a season? Over. Jordan Leopold's career high is 35. Blew my mind. Blew my mind. I had to just share that statistic with you. Albeit to get you a loss. But Wow. <laughs> yeah, 35 in 2010-2011. I believe he was on Buffalo at the time, too. Like, not even a Flames year. I don't remember him playing for Buffalo. Yeah. Yeah, that's fair. Uh, okay, our next our next category. Career total wins. So I'm going to give you a goaltender, and you're going to tell me if they've won this amount of games over or under. Okay? Yep. yep. Our first goaltender, Kari Lettinen. Over okay. or under 285 career wins. Over. You are correct. Kari Lettinen has 310 career wins. So you're two for four at this point to keep okay. everybody... Uh, at home. Updated. Number two. Peter Scudra. Like Vancouver Canucks Peter Scudra? Yeah, like former Pittsburgh Penguin in the Mellon Arena goaltender. All right. Uh, over or under 93 wins? Under. See, it's kind of mint you guessed under because it's under and by a lot. Like okay. I, I, I set that one like... I assumed he had like 110 wins. He won 51 games in the National Hockey League. Feel it, Scudra. Yep. <laughs> Feel it, Scudzi. Our third goalie, our final goaltender, Chris Mason. Okay, Baldy. Not yeah, not Steve yeah. Mason. Chris Mason. Over or under 120 National Hockey League wins. Wow. Um, under 137 wins on his career. The answer is over, good sir. Wow. All right. I gotta remember, I think he had like a 35 year win in there at some point. Yeah. I'll believe you. That's okay. Uh, you're three for six, so that's fine. Par for the course. Yep. Still time. Well, it's time for our favorite category career total games played. Mm-hmm. For if you haven't heard this segment, James, I believe, is two for nine all time in this category. It's two more than I thought I had. Yeah. So. <laughs> You're definitely one for nine. I know you got one. Your first player, Tony Twist, former St. Louis Blue Enforcer, your your team at Puck 77. Over or under 350 career games? Under. The answer is over, good sir. 445 games for Tony Twist. Number two, former Capital, former Canuck, former Canadian... Jan Bulis. Oh, goody. Over or under 525 games played? Over. 
It is over, good sir. Not by much, 552, but it is right. over. All right. There you go. You are, what? Four for eight? Four, four for eight. <laughs> four for eight. Your final player. And God help you on this one. I don't know if I could have found a more confusing player and picked a more, like a more perfect number. Nicholas Hagman, over or under 675 games? Because the answer is not what I thought it was. <laughs> It's over. He played 770 games in the National Hockey League. He almost played 800 games. What? I remember him playing for like five years. Maybe six. That's that's not right. Yeah, I thought it was like 480, 500. That's just not right. Yeah. Well, you're four for nine. But uh, we got a a category you're historically pretty decent in. And there's a smaller margin for error here, so it's, it's good. Career high goals in a season. Number one, Martin Straka, over or under 32 goals in a season? Over. Dog. 35 goals in 98-99. Number two, Mike Johnson, over or under 26 goals in a season? Over. Mike Johnson's career high is 23 goals. Wow. 2002-2003. Alright. You need to get this one correct, good sir. Uh, uh, right, yeah. To get to the tiebreaker. Hit and, me. And your player of of choice here. Not choice, but... Sandis Ozelinch. Is his career high in goals over or under 20 in a season? <laughs> with respect to the great people of Latvia. Uh, I'm going to go with under. Sandis Ozelinch. Had 20 goals multiple times in his career, including 26 in 1993-94. Sandis Ozelinch has one of the highest scoring defenseman goals in a season since 1990. He was like top 10 with 26. <laughs> Jesus. Well, you didn't pass this week, James. 5 yeah. for 12. You want the tie break, I guess. Sure. Because they're always fun. Yeah. Is Manny Legacy... A 30-game winner or not in his career? Over or under 30 wins in a season? Yeah. He he, he was over. Manny Legacy won 37 games in 2005-2006. The most interesting fact about that is Manny Legacy played in 51 games that season. Wow. And won 37 of them. Manny. Yeah. So good for Manny Legacy. Good for me. As I win another week, I'm three. I'm three, three for four on the over unders there. So, so just to kind of wrap this up nicely, sure. Saturday night we had a, a little get together. We watched uh, Bob Cole and sent him off properly. And, I was there. Uh, you you left ahead of a few other people. Uh, yeah, a couple of the guys stuck around for a little bit. Yeah, did uh, Hogan have another Carlsberg after I left? Yeah, or what? yeah. He we watched the first period of the Flames game. Um, and he had an interesting question for me. Okay. Um, his buddies were kind of amused at my hockey prowess. So, so Kyle Hogan decided to pull up the all-time points leaders in the 2000 decade. So from 2000 to 2010. Mm-hmm. Uh, total points or just total points? Okay. Top ten in the decade, kind okay. of thing, right? You got your usual suspects. You, you know, you've you've got your your Joe Thornton. You know, uh, Sidney Crosby makes an appearance. Sure. Um, you know, without going down the list, I, I, I went nine for ten. Third in the decade 
Timu Solani. Daniel Alfredson. Oh, okay. Didn't put that together. See, I mean, one thing you have to consider about something like that, right, is, is like, you got to just think about players who actually played all ten years, too. You know? Oh, yeah, you're not wrong, but... Yeah. It just kind of like well, who who are the other nine? Or well, I guess the other seven: Aginla, Thornton, uh, Kovalchuk. Is this in order? No, oh, I'm okay. just yeah. Um, um, Nasland. Re- See, that's the one that's surprising to me. Really? Do you, when do you? I guess if you get eighty points every year, yeah. yeah. Alfie Crosby was in there. Um, that's fucking crazy. Yeah, <laughs> he only played four, four or five years. Yeah. Oh, uh, Kovalchuk. Yeah, you said that. Oh, shit. Well, whatever. Yeah, I can't think anyway. of it now. But it, it, was, yeah. it was your usual, like, lineup, and then yeah, Daniel Alfredson Alfredson was the one you got wrong. Yeah. Yeah, I don't know if you would have jumped to mine immediately either. Like, was Danny Heatley on the list? No. See, like, I would have guessed him before Alfredson, because there were more boom years right. than Alfredson, you would think, right? Yeah. Because, like, did Alfredson get 100 points more than, like, once? I don't just, think just ever the in his once, career, yeah. Just the once. But he, he, got, remember, he got it a couple times, I thought. He did, but, I mean, I guess, like, the idea there was that, like, when Heatley was doing all that, it was with Alfredson. That's true, and I guess. I guess it just kind of translated and yeah. worked okay. out for everybody. So. Well, uh, we got a few coaching changes to talk about. The Florida Panthers on Sunday fired Bob Bugner as their head coach. No surprises there. Uh, the Buffalo Sabres also fired Phil Housley as their head coach. No surprises there. The Los Angeles Kings decided not to renew interim coach Willie Desjardins. No surprises there. Uh, was there anything else? Barubi, there's nothing yet. No, uh, I, I think he's going to stick around. Bob Murray, nothing yet, but he is not taking the job. So yeah. Anaheim is still available. But yeah. So there's some coaching vacancies. Mm-hmm. Uh, technically, Edmonton is going to go on that list, but there has been no official announcement on Ken Hitchcock. Uh, from our understanding, Hitchcock would love to return. It's up to the organization at this point. At this point, which I would go another way, but uh, that's right. just me. Yeah. Um, and then today, the Florida Panthers <laughs> drew first blood in the search for a coach and hired Joel Quenville as the team's newest coach in franchise history do you like this hire i mean um i should preface this question by saying it is hard not to like a team hiring joel quenville do you think quenville is the right fit and do you think florida's the right fit for quenville because that's more my sort of concern i you there was a couple factors we look at you know the the dave talon thing they've worked together previously obviously and uh there was definitely a familiar... I just wanted to go back and get together with my friend Dale. Yeah. The Bears are in Miami twice this year, so I get to see the Chicago Bears. Go Bears. Um, it's it's interesting. Like I, I have a, a firm belief that Chicago was going to nix anybody from the West in terms of allowing them oh, to hire yeah, Quenville. Yeah. yeah, yeah. So that really only leaves half the league. I thought... The timing of the Bugner firing and the Housley firing were such that I think Buffalo kind of put two and two together and thought, well, if we don't take our shot now, then we're never going to know. So I, I feel like the Housley thing was, uh, the timing-wise anyway, was directly a last chance to try to maybe have one last uh, sale uh, to try to pick up Quenville there. Obviously, Florida won out uh, regardless of how many suitors were involved. 
Chicago, you know, they get the $6 million off their back. Um, and he goes to the other, <clears throat> the other conference. So in that regard, I think um, in terms of what uh, Quenville's options were going to be, it, it maybe isn't the best location um, from a hockey market perspective, but I, I like I like the options available here. I think Florida's got almost like a blank canvas to a degree. You know, Buffalo they're kind of committed. They've you know they've got Eichel, they've got Darlene. There's a bit of a, a direction there, and I think Quenville's going to have a lot of say in where this roster goes moving forward. I think he's going to be able to come in and obviously he's not the GM, but I wouldn't believe you if you told me that Dale Talon is not asking Joel Quenneville his opinion. And I think we're going to see some turnover. And I think uh, Joel's going to get some guys in there that uh, that play the Joel game and uh, that he can really uh, motivate. And I think that we're looking at uh, possibly uh, what could be a stretch of really good hockey in uh, in Sunrise. Hmm. I mean, I, I'm, 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 I was sort of disappointed when I woke up to this news today. Because I am very much in favor of the uh, burn the rink to the ground and move the team to Albuquerque plan, but yeah, I mean, whatever. I, I guess I guess we're I, I guess I we're agree. in Florida now. See, that's the thing. Like, I I don't want the team to be where they are, but it's almost it's almost it's the only the same. team I can say that to. It's well, it's like Carolina. Me, it's... I had my issues with, but like, uh, it's just been nine years. I forgot they had fans. They do have fans. For me, it's it's similar to Arizona, where it's just I don't care where this franchise plays but for god's sake can we maybe get some some winning going on here because i'm I'm sick and tired of watching the florida panthers just suck ass they've won what one playoff series in my lifetime and it was when they went to the cup finals in their third season of existence they've never won a playoff series since then how maddening is that 13 seasons if you you know don't include the lockout well, they were in the conference final four years ago. Florida? Oh, sorry, Arizona. I thought you were talking Arizona. No, 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 no. I'm no. like, dude, yeah, they were there. <laughs> no. I was like, how is that not possible? I remember watching them in the second <laughs> round like multiple times. Yeah, no, no, no. Like, but you know what I mean? Like, I, I, don't, I don't care if they stay in – well, I, I don't want them to stay in Sunrise, but I, I don't care where they play. I'm just – I'm sick of seeing the same franchise stuck in this no man's land because they've never had a first overall pick. They've never, you know, made it out of the first round. So they're, they're always stuck in that really weird 9 to 18 range where, yeah, sometimes they sneak into the playoffs and they get bounced. And sometimes, you know, they actually win a division and they get upset by John Tavares and the Islanders. And I, I don't know. I'm, I'm just getting sick and tired of, of, of this team being so goddamn awful. For so long, and it, yeah. it's directly affecting the fans because you can't tell me, like I'm not saying they'd be selling out if they were, you know, winning hockey, yeah. but it's not helping. So we got to do something. Here. Yeah, if, if I mean, gonna... I, I've talked about this with you before, and that is, it is one thing. Like I understand rebuilds and things like that, but I can only watch a sport for so long and have where there's one team that's just never been good. And like, all credit to the San Diego Padres because they're gonna come around here soon. Yeah, but like. The Padres have never been, I think, an above 500 team since I've watched baseball. If they have been, I don't remember it. Yeah. Like, I'm sick of that. Like, And every league has their team. And, yeah. and the Panthers are the one team. They've made the playoffs, don't get me wrong. But it's like, they have never been relevant since I've watched hockey. 
and every other one of these teams has. Fucking uh, Winnipeg has, like, Atlanta moved and has made the playoffs multiple times since fucking Florida won a round. Yeah. Like, come on here. Really? Like, what, what are we doing here anymore? And part of that starts with high-end free agents don't want to go there. Because do they really want to sit on his bench and watch 6,000 people eat hot dogs and play with their phones every night? Really? 6,000. Really? Well, they fucking their attendance numbers say that like 10,000 people will go to these games. Show me these games! You sell out how many when the Leafs are in town, the Bruins are in town? You're lucky these other teams are in your division. When would you ever sell out fucking games if you were playing against Arizona and Dallas and Anaheim every night? These fan bases that don't travel. Yeah. They don't travel. They watch their teams at home. That's it. It's look. I, I get it's what the, I get what they were thinking twenty five years ago. But they had a team in Tampa Bay. They tried. You don't need two they teams tried. in like, the man, state. Man, everyone thought Dallas wouldn't work. Dallas worked. That's a hockey market. It's worked. There are plenty of other markets where they said it wouldn't work, and it, and it's worked. Florida didn't work out. It's not going to work out, and I hope it does, but it won't. And this is one thing. Like I just. Like, it's not going to work out. And until they move, I'm, I don't think I can ever really get behind that team. I'm telling you right now. To be now, honest with you. Joel Even Quenville, with Joel Quenville. Joel Quenville joined this joined this team because he knows what's coming down the pipeline. In three seasons, the Florida Panthers getting up. They're moving an hour and a half outside of Bears Stadium to good old Milwaukee, Wisconsin. I, I heard a rumor oh. that Chicago was going to get a second team. Um, so I figured I could go and see more games of Mitch Trubisky and I, Khalil Mack. I figure that commute from Milwaukee is it's it's worth you know the, like the how, eighteen football games. I like I'll how see. our Joel Quenville is suddenly from Fargo, North Dakota. <laughs> yeah, I, guys, I Canadian for sure. In, in all reality, this is a uh, it's a good hire by the Panthers. Like like all other points about the Panthers aside, this is a great hire. Yeah, um, this team is not far off from being a productive team. I don't think. Uh, I mean. I have a feeling they're going to take a pretty hard run at Bobrovsky and Panarin this summer. And I don't think it's out of the realm of possibility at this point that Bobrovsky and Panarin end up in Florida. Um, Because I think those are two... I think that's an attractive market for guys like them. But... Russians? Most guys want to play in a market with a little more media attention, with a little bit of a heavier fan base, with a little bit more of a spotlight... It kind of adds to the allure of playing in the NHL. I don't really think that that's something that Panarin and Bobrovsky care about too much. I think they're more concerned about the climate, the city, things like that. Hey, don't you go forgetting who uh, who coached Artemi Panarin in his Chicago I mean. days. No, so. my, my theory on this, honest to God, I think like Florida's been in the running for Panarin and Bobrovsky for a while. That's just and That's just an open fact there might be an interest there. Panarin and Bobrovsky, they can't say they want to go to Florida. But there's obviously an appeal. I think this is a confirmation at this point that Bob asked Panarin, do you like Quenville or not? And Panarin's answer was yes. And I think Florida knows, obviously by interviewing Quenville, that he had a good relationship with Panarin. Because I think they've done some digging and found out that they had a good relationship uh, bottom line, I don't think Florida makes this higher without that because I think that those are two players that could vastly change the direction of their team in the short term, and I think that is a a, a calculation they made. Mm-hmm. Um, obviously, Florida needs to address the back end this summer. 
They, they had, look, Keith Yandel had an awesome year. Ekblad took a step forward after kind of an ugly year last year. Uh, Mike Matheson has been a productive player for them. Mark Pesek is a fine number five or six defenseman. Uh, they need to add a little bit of depth there. They need to find a goaltender. But this team is not far away from being a, a productive team. Um, whether or not anyone cares, I don't know. That's the thing. That's kind of my yeah. point. But uh, whatever. Good for Florida. Good move by them. Uh, quickly before we get into the playoff previews, draft lottery is tonight when you'll be listening to it. Who's going to get the number one pick? I'll tell you who's not getting the first overall pick. Okay. It's not going to be the Ottawa Senators. Okay. But they have the greatest odds, James. Uh, look, they're winners. And I'm looking at it right here. Ottawa, 18.5. Oh. Oh. Hey, the good news, though, Ottawa Senators fans that are listening. Um, you got Columbus's first-round pick because Columbus made the playoffs. So good for you guys. You know, That's great. Could you, know, you, could you imagine if you, they missed? You know it would be funny as fuck? If Florida wins the draft lottery, two percent, two percent chance it could happen. Uh, I'm telling you, it's New Jersey. You think New Jersey will win it? Yeah, they got Taylor Hall. I think the Kings are going to win it. Taylor Hall is. I the don't draft. have any reason. He's, I just he's, think they will. He's the lottery ball wizard. Yeah, that's true. Five, See, five times. So you don't think Colorado gets the first overall pick? No, they will. Where do they? Yeah, okay. yeah. <laughs> I don't know. I actually think the Kings might win it. Really? I don't know why. I just okay. have a feeling. I think if the Kings win it, though, one thing is clear. There is a little bit of uh, foresight into how these lottery balls fall, I think. Because it's just been a little too convenient most of the years how the things have gone. I don't know, man. Just kind of funny how the one year there isn't, like, a generational talent is the year that, like, the 13th place team or 13th odd team gets fucking uh, second overall pick. I'm just saying. And it happens to be the Philadelphia Flyers. just happen to be. Yeah. Yeah. I'm just saying. Yeah, I don't know. I'm taking L.A. Okay. You're taking I, Colorado? I'll stick with the odds. Cool. Yeah. All right. Let's do it. 42 minutes in, we're finally talking about the playoffs. Jesus Christ. <laughs> um, okay. Should we start west or east? Let's start with the west. The east coast bias. Okay. I <laughs> thought we were going to do it in order of time zones, but that's no. fine. Okay, the Western Conference. You got your... Uh, Fuck, I, I miss even... It was just easier to even say what the series were before. You got your 1 versus your 8, your 2 versus your 7. Now it's it's hard to explain. The Flames are playing the Avalanche for some reason. Yep. Um. Oh, well, I guess that's how it would have been under the old format anyway. But Flames are playing the Avalanche. Uh, Calgary has home ice advantage, obviously. They won the West. 107 points. Cal- Colorado had 90. The season series, the Flames won 3 to nothing. A 3-2 win on October 13th against Colorado. A 6-5 win on November 1st. And a 5-3 win on January 9th. What are you... Flames in five. Okay. What's... um? Is Okay. Well, I, I guess the main question I'm going to ask you here is, is what do both teams have to do to win this series? Like, it, it basically, what is in this particular series, what does Colorado need to do? To win this series, like can can they? I think they can because I I, um, I don't know if there is a series other than Columbus Tampa Bay where I don't think the other team has a, a chance. Like I think almost all these series, there things can happen. Um, yeah, I'm. You know what? I'm really curious to see if Miko Rantanen comes back uh, at some point in this series. 
I, I think he misses game one. I think they take a look at uh, how game one goes. You know, if, if the Avalanche can, you know, make it close, maybe take it to overtime, even, even if they win. Miko Rantanen expected to return for game one, but that's not a confirmation. Okay, see, I, I have here that he's, it's unknown if he will return. But This report I'm reading is from the 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 Denver Post, though. So Interesting. It's pretty easy to be like, yeah. oh yeah, he'll play. Gotta get those membership numbers up. Um, but no, I, I think that that will determine how this goes. If, if Calgary comes out and mops the floor game one, then I think you rush Rantanen back, whether he's ready or not. And depending on how ready he is... Let's, let's not deny it here. Like he's he's obviously a, a, a key aspect as to why this team is where they are. It's a shame that you know he's missed as much time as he has. They're a different team with Miko Rantanen. Uh, I'll I'll say that much. But at the end of the day, the big thing here it's it's not about what the Avalanche have to do to beat the Calgary Flames. It's what the Calgary Flames have to do to not beat themselves. Because uh, I think this this team is very exposed in net. And I don't like either of their options. It's better than some teams. I'll give them that. But there are some there are some definite holes here. Uh, we're also talking about a coach who I have said some mean mean things about on this podcast in Calgary. Do you and still feel that way? Maybe not as strongly. But at the end of the day, Bill Peters uh, has still yet to win a playoff game, and he's here now. And I'm not going to lie; he's going to get it. But He's inexperienced. So is so is uh, Bednar in Colorado. Don't get me wrong; these are these are two fresh faces to the playoffs. But Calgary has to not beat itself more than they have to worry about Colorado beating them. As far as I'm concerned, um, yeah, I mean Calgary has Calgary's been interesting down the stretch. I mean, the one thing that seems pretty likely at this point is that they are going to go to Mike Smith in game one and I like has that been confirmed yet I think so yeah yeah I mean Bill Peters sort of confirmed it by not playing Riddick in the last game of the year which you would think uh you would want you know especially when you've run a battery all season and like each goalie should be in theory rested that you should be giving the guy the, the last start of the season uh now that said Mike Smith sat on the bench the previous two games Mike Smith has not necessarily been as bad as he was lately, but he hasn't really been anything special. The Flames with Riddick in net uh, since January 16th, which was a game they lost in uh, overtime to Buffalo. He has lost six games. He has only let in more than two goals. I think it's three times. Hmm. Maybe it's four. He, he's been okay He's definitely my preference of the two. I like the fact that Mike Smith can move the puck. I like the fact that Mike Smith isn't going to panic in a playoff game. But at the end of the day, I like the goalie that can keep the puck out of the net, and I feel a lot better about that with Dave Riddick. This is uh, Mike Smith's worst uh, season as a starting goaltender in yeah. his career. So Now, like, I mean, and you can read into that. Like, It's different to say that about Mike Smith than you do about like Martin Jones, who we're going to say about in about five minutes. Because for me... With Martin Jones, it's still likely that Martin Jones, as we knew him previous to this year, walks in the fucking door for game one of the playoffs and says, hey, I'm back. Mm-hmm. You know? Yeah. I think there's a better chance of that happening than Mike Smith all of a sudden becoming Mike Smith of 2011 here. Mm-hmm. You know? 
for whatever reason, he hasn't played that well all this year. I, like, I, I don't really know what the practical reason is for it. I haven't technically watched him as much. But, uh, yeah, I don't know. I, I don't feel really good about it. The one thing I will say is my opinion on Calgary. It's kind of hard to have one because I've, I've said this to my friends who are Calgary Flames fans. I don't know how many teams I watched less of this year than Calgary. Like, Florida would be one team I didn't watch a lot of because, as I've said, I hate watching empty seats and on TV. Other than that, Calgary is pretty low on the list. Like, I didn't really watch a lot of them, and almost every game I watched of theirs, they lost. Hmm. I went to see them this year, and they lost. So I don't know if I'm, like, their jinx or something or what it is, but my point is I don't know if I've actually seen Calgary at their best with my own eyes. So what I know about Calgary is what the numbers tell me, and that's a, that they are demonstratively, at least as of late, the best team in the Western Conference by a lot, yeah. I think. And uh, Calgary, I think, is going to win this series. I think it goes five or six. I'm going to give Colorado some credit there because they've been hot as of late, and every time I've watched them, they're playing quite well. Uh, their goalie's playing really well, too. Eventually, Calgary's going to find their offense, and it may take a game or two, but they're going to get there. They'll figure Grubauer out, and it shouldn't be too difficult of a series, I would think. Worth noting, uh, Mike Smith's last appearance in the playoffs, uh, he uh, went to the conference finals with the uh, Arizona Coyotes. Jesus Seven years ago. hundred years ago. <clears throat> um, next, we got the San Jose Sharks and the Vegas Golden Knights. The San Jose Sharks finished 46-27-9 with a 101 point total. The Vegas Golden Knights were... Th- 43 32 and 7 for 93 points the season series was a 2-2 tie with vegas winning 6-0 on november 24th uh san jose winning 3-2 on january 10th vegas winning 7-3 on march 18th and san jose winning 4-3 in overtime on march 30th thoughts on this series james um it's gonna be tight i'll uh i'll say this is one of the uh Closer matchups that I think we're going to see in the first round. Um, I like Vegas. I I think, um, you know, they've had some struggles recently, but I think they match up well on paper. I think they've got the edge in net. Uh, You know, San Jose, they might not have Eric Carlson for the series. Uh, So they're a little banged up. Uh, Vegas is relatively healthy. They're missing uh, Eric Halla, who's uh, not expected back. Uh, anytime soon. Uh, beyond that, they're they're good to go. So, I don't know. I uh, I think the I think there's a little bit of magic left in the in the can from last year. So, I'm taking Vegas in seven. Yeah. Yeah. You think because there's a little bit of magic left in the can? Is that the argument? Yeah. Okay. Um, for me, this one is kind of like a let's not overthink it sort of situation. Um, coming into the year the favorite team to win the Stanley Cup and to probably win the President's Trophy was San Jose. I think San Jose, short of a consistent goaltender in net, has probably been the team that we thought they were. Carlson took a little bit to settle in, as every player does when they get traded somewhere. And Carlson has been hurt. And I think that explains a little bit of some of their losses sort of thing. Like, they, you know... The fact of the matter is, wins above replacement is a fucking stat, and that's kind of where we're at here, is Carlson hasn't played, so they are less likely to win games. I I am kind of 
look, I, I was a really big fan of Vegas after the deadline because it was they were playing good hockey. Flurry looked great, and they added Mark Stone. And what's not to like? And then they won some games, and then they lost some games, and then Flurry got hurt, and had a kid, but then didn't play for three weeks. So I don't know how people say he was only at home with his kid. I don't know how you get three weeks of fucking paternity leave in a playoff race, but apparently you do. Mm. No, he was hurt. Like, <laughs> so um, he's been back for two games. They lost them both. I don't feel incredibly good about Vegas. I'm, I'm not going to lie to you. Like, I do somewhat agree with you for no particular reason that I'm sure they'll find a second gear at some point in this series and, and, and have a good fight. I, I really don't understand the argument with a lot of people. I've read a lot of stuff online saying that Vegas is the favorite to win the West. I don't get where that argument would come from. I think they're one of the least likely teams to get out of the first round. Um, I'm taking San Jose... And I'm saying six, probably. You know. Really? Yeah. Six. Yeah, yeah. I don't know. Um, I think Vegas has got home ice if they get uh, 20 more games that are Nate Schmidt this season. Um, you know, they're the fourth best team in the league in terms of Corsi 4 per 60. And, uh, uh, you know, San Jose is right there, up there with them. So these are, these are going to be two good teams. I am by no means uh, taking Vegas to win the West. Uh, as you alluded to, but... Uh, I think the pieces are there. Like, don't get me wrong, I think the pieces are there. I definitely... Like I said, like, in March, Vegas was probably one of my favorites to go to the cup final. Hmm. And I just... To me, I, I do place a lot of emphasis on what have you done lately going into the playoffs. Oh. I think there is a ton to be said Sweet about opposite. that. Yeah. I mean, like, the last 10 teams to win the Stanley Cup won at least 12 of their last 20 games going into the into the playoffs, and I I don't think Vegas has done that. I could be wrong, but I really don't think they won more than 12 of their last 20. So, to me, I, I, I have some concerns. I think they're backing into the playoffs. Now, that said, we're about to talk about a series in a minute where the Winnipeg Jets are backing into the playoffs, and I'm not too concerned about them. And Dallas and Nashville yeah. both backed into the playoffs, and someone has to win that fucking series. So, you know, like, yeah. it's not going to be the case, but I don't see a long playoff run there. I don't see a team that's poised for it right now. And to me, there's nothing I don't like about San Jose other than, again, their goaltending. But, I mean, if that's the case with every team, like if every series has some goalie that makes you nervous, which I would argue every series does almost in these playoffs... Like, is the better goalie going to win eight out of eight series? I don't think so. I think San Jose's the better team. I think they win. Yeah. I don't know. Like, I, I I look at Paul Stastny coming over to to Vegas. He's he's a playoff guy. I look at Mark Stone. He comes over. He's He's been a playoff guy. When, Mark Stone when he makes is a it. playoff guy. I'll give you that. I, I will it. not argue so, with you there. I don't know. I, I think this is going to be uh, Jones and Flurry, and then whoever can come out on top is going to decide which team ends up uh, in the second round. So Okay. Um, for what it's worth, too, one thing I do like, San Jose, good power play team. Vegas, not. San Jose, good penalty killing team. Vegas, not. Overly. Hmm. Somewhat comparable. But, um, yeah, I don't know. So you're taking Vegas in seven? Yeah. Is that what you said? And I'm taking San Jose in six. This is fun because I haven't filled out any of my playoff brackets, so I'm just going to kind of do it on the fly with you here. Nice. And just say, like, you know, this is what I think. This is what I feel. 
Our next series is we move over to the other division, whatever that division's called. You know, the, the division with the other teams. Uh, Nashville is playing Dallas. Nashville is uh, 47-29-6 with 100 points on the season. Dallas is 43-32-7. Same record as uh, Vegas. That's weird mm. how that happened. The Predators won the season series. 3-2. to uh, Nashville won 5-4 on November 10th. Dallas won 2-0 on December 27th. Dallas won 3-1 on February 2nd. Nashville won 3-2 on February 7th. And Nashville won 5-3 on February 19th. Uh, Jimothy, what are your thoughts here? Uh, this is going to be a uh, Nashville Predators uh, in five. Okay. Yeah. Um, the Dallas Stars, uh, to their credit, are a fantastic team at keeping the puck out of their own net. True. And, and they finished only second to the New York Islanders in terms of goals allowed all season. So that is absolutely fantastic. However, when you score less goals than the Ottawa Senators, you're not going very far in the playoffs, <laughs> my friend. I'm sorry. Uh, I like Dallas. Don't get me wrong. I, I want Holy them. Holy fuck. Yeah, just just scrolling through the standings, Ottawa allowed 302 goals this year. Mm, yeah. Anyway, sorry. Yeah, I know no, scoring's up. Uh, it's it's not going to be a fun postseason for in in Texas. I'm sorry. Oh. Deep in the heart <laughs> of Texas. Get that out of the way right now. Um, I think Nashville's going to pick this team apart, and short of Ben Bishop shutting out the Preds every game, which could happen, <laughs> but. That's what it's going to take, I think, at this point for, for them to have any chance of beating Nashville. Do you think Nashville is going to win games strictly on the fact that, you know, just the, the, the spirit of all the bachelorette parties are just going to power them over all the country, make believers in Dallas? Yes. Yes, I do. Is there is there a bachelorette thing going on in, in Nashville? Is... Uh, Nashville is known to be the bachelorette party capital of the united states apparently it's a more common destination than vegas really yeah i don't remember where i heard that but i heard that oh that's a thing now we know where to find the ladies yeah like well i mean when my my friends were there my friends went there a few years ago and it was just like they said like it felt like everywhere they went out uh it was a bachelorette party was going on like they they hung out with like a a bachelorette party one night and i don't know it's uh like I mean, I, I certainly don't know a lot of people who have ever gone to Dallas for a bachelorette party. It's ladies' night at Bridgestone Arena this fall. Fuck. Uh, do you think somewhere in Nashville is like the guy that used to DJ at Tonic? It's just like, let's get all the fucking sluts on the dance floor. Oh yeah. That. Do you remember that guy? That guy's not walking free. <laughs> do you remember that guy? I do. That was crazy. Eh? For those of you who don't know, uh, the the bingo hall on uh, on. What is it? Memorial Avenue used to be a uh, used to be a bar, and uh, let's get all the bitches in the corner. Yeah, pretty much. There was a uh, uh, probably a six by six foot dance floor in there, and the guy would be right aggressive and just call all the sluts and whores over to the dance floor. Mm. It was pretty weird. Yeah, it was. It was fucking very pretty, uncomfortable. It was yeah, like no one liked it. <laughs> like I mean, there were I mean there were obviously some fucking weird dudes that went there and stuff like that. You know, not not including myself, and. Uh, yeah, I don't know. It was weird. But yeah, anyway, Nashville. Back to hockey. <laughs> Nashville. Um, Nashville. Nashville, Dallas. Nashville, Dallas. Yeah, I don't know. I'm not going to lie. I was kind of um, I was kind of doubting the Predators' ability to get out of the first round. I still doubt it, but like now they're playing Dallas. 
So I think, in a sense, Nashville kind of won the lottery here because I think Dallas may be one of the only teams that they could beat right now. Um, They've gotten their shit together a little bit as of late. They've won four of their last five. It's been a bit better. Something about them when I watch them, because they're a team that I tend to watch more often just because I have to write about the Winnipeg Jets. Hmm. So... I tend to watch this division a little bit more. I I mean, this is going to be a series where both teams are going to struggle to score. Like, Nashville, at last I checked anyway, had the worst power play in the National Hockey League. For a team that really has no ability to find goals in certain spots, yeah, they have the worst power play in the league. 12.9%. Uh, Dallas is 11th in the National Hockey League on the power play. Like, this is likely a series that's going to come down to special teams and goaltending because I don't really see how, given the way both these teams play, how either of them are going to have a decided advantage in 5-on-5 play against one another. To me, I think this is a series that comes down to special teams and and goaltending. And if it's coming down to goaltending, I'm sorry, I'm not taking Pekka Rene, ever. If it comes down to that, I don't know. I think this is one of the situations where I'm taking the upset solely because I just believe so, and I'm not really sure I have a huge argument about it other than I will die on the hill of the fact that Pekka Rene is prone for, is is going to have a bad playoff series at some point. I'm just taking it earlier than usual this year. All right, well. I'm I'm taking, I'm taking Dallas in six. All right, well. (laughs) The, uh team that scored 32 less goals than the Ottawa Senators this yep. season is going to yep. find a way to well, wake up in the playoffs. How many How many less did they allow than Ottawa? 200? Yeah, that's fine. Um, yeah, I, I I don't know. That's what I'm taking. Did you actually make a prediction? Yeah. Nashville, Nashville and I just didn't hear a game number. Nashville in five. In five? Yeah. Oh, that's pretty cool. We, yeah. think, we think opposite about a series. Good. That's kind of neat. Well, it'll be fun to see where that goes. It would have, like, fuck, could you imagine if we did this and picked eight for eight the same? That'd be kind of sad. We've only picked one of the three the same, I guess, eh? So yeah. far. Okay, well, here's a here's a fun one. If we were looking for differences of opinion... Ding, ding, ding! <laughs> round one. Fight. The Winnipeg Jets are playing the St. Louis Blues in the playoffs, which is about the best thing that could have happened for James and I when he started writing for Puck 77 as a St. Louis Blues correspondent. And I started writing for the Winni- or for Buck seventy seven as a Winnipeg Jets correspondent. Your thoughts on the series, sir? I'm not gonna lie. Tread lightly. In November, I was questioning why I was gonna cover the St. Louis Blues. Yeah, that was an interesting decision. There were some dark days. I remember making fun of you on this very podcast. Hey, man, you could have had many teams. Why'd you take St. Louis? Jordan Bennington is the reason I took St. Louis. And Jordan uh, Bennington... He wasn't. Jordan, was he up yet? No, he was not up I was going to say, there was no way no, he was up. No. no uh, look, But he was in your heart the whole time. <laughs> You're not wrong. Um, let's, let's put it this way. Uh, St. Louis and Winnipeg probably both deserve the division title more than the team that won the division title this year. Oh, yeah. Um, Nashville had a very nice start to the season, remained consistent, and had injury problems, but nothing, like, catastrophic. Yeah. 
Uh, these are two teams that should not be meeting in the first round. Look, you've, you've got a really great story in St. Louis. You've got a really great team in Winnipeg. Something's going to buckle. I'm poised to take the Jets in this series. Don't tell my boss at Puck 77. Um, no, I, I, I think I think you'd be fine to tell all the other writers that. Like They'd love to hear that. The people who wouldn't want to hear that are all the St. Louis Blues fans oh, that are going to read your stuff. Yeah, the ones that listen to me. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah, I don't know. I don't... I would love to see Jordan Bennington go 16-0 in the playoffs just because he can't. He's not going to. That'd be, that'd be neat. I think... I think... I'll, I'll be honest with you. I, I think the Blues are going to give Winnipeg a lot of trouble. I, th- I think this is going to go 7 I think we're looking at multiple overtime games, and I, I don't wonder if this hurts the winner of the series, regardless of who it is, moving forward, because this is this is going to be an all-out war between uh, two teams that I could very easily see going very deep, and had they not played each other, would be going very deep uh, at the same time. So... I'm taking Winnipeg, I'm going seven, uh, and I'm saying we're getting three overtime games out of that series. Okay. Who's uh, who's the big factor in the series? Who's Who do you like? Who's a big-name player we're going to see have a, you know, have a big game, you know? So he's a big-game guy, you know, likes to, uh, you know, show up for the big games. In a losing effort, I think Vladimir Tarasenko continues his tear. Uh, he has been on just a monster run to end the season. Uh, I think he keeps that up. But I think Dustin Bufflin is going to have a real good series against the St. Louis Blues. Kind of thought you were going to say Nikolai Ehlers and just pick jerseys that you own. Nice. Yeah, uh, yeah Jeff Carter. Uh, he'll be great. <laughs> um, the Jets' defense. Who's going to be big in this series, James? But let me tell you about a little player named Gary Roberts. <laughs> I think uh, I think the Jets' defense, uh, if they're all healthy, they are going to be too much for the St. Louis Blues uh, offensively. And I think uh, I think Bennington's going to have a good series, but I, I I don't expect it's going to keep the magic afloat much longer. Unfortunately, afloat, afloat, afloat. Yeah, I'm taking the Jets in seven, and I I will sort of defend this pick as well. Uh, if you look at a lot of advanced metrics, uh, the Blues should probably win the series. What I would argue is that the Blues were sort of good all year they were just losing games um they had a much higher expected goals rate than what was actually churning out their pdo reflected a team that was getting a lot of bad luck and they were not getting goaltending and the coach's decision to continue to play the said goaltender kind of didn't help it cost a guy a job in winnipeg there's been a ton of injury issues throughout the year um it doesn't really help that a guy that you rely on to be one of your best forwards has not been one of your best forwards for 67 of the 82 games on the schedule. Uh, in fact, has been detrimental to your team certain nights. So, to me, I, I just think there's a lot more to like about the about the Jets. Granted, I do like the Blues team very much. Um... I am taking the Jets to win this series as well. I think, like, I think every year there is a series where, you know, the regular season only tells us so much about certain teams. And, like, when there's an 82-game season, every team has, like, a few different little mini 
seasons within the season kind of thing of just like different times and things were happening differently and you know like teams go through changes I think both of these teams are a very big example of that I just think the Jets have more to offer when they get it going and to be honest with you if if the Jets want it they can have it I think I think this is a series as to you know it's going to be entirely up to how the Jets play because you know the Blues are going to bring it like they'll they'll be there but it's a matter of do the Jets from earlier this year want to show up if the Jets from you know three weeks ago want to show up or if it's going to be the Jets from the last two weeks or prior to the trade deadline or you know what I mean um is Bufflin healthy is Joe Morrow going to get back and be healthy is Morrissey going to be healthy if if they're healthy I think there's no question but how healthy are they I don't know. I'm taking them in seven, but I will add a note to it that I do have my trepidations as to what is to come after that. Uh, the St. Louis Blues, I will add, uh, the hottest team coming to the playoffs, going 8-1-1 one, and one over their last They're 10. swinging a hot bat! That they are, but Randall Gritchick steps in here. And the new $52 million man. What the fuck was that, anyway? What is that about? Uh, you gotta pay somebody. Average fielder below average hitter what what was that i don't get it i mean it's not a lot of money but it's enough this, money. this is a hockey podcast i'm not gonna that was a stupid fucking contract <laughs> your team signed not my team i don't have to worry about it <laughs> go brewers the tampa bay lightning and the columbus blue jackets um the Tampa Bay Lightning go in the series having won 84 of their last 82 games. Uh, they accumulated 2,000 points over the regular season. Uh, they scored 80,000 goals this year, and they now own every planet from here to the sun. Uh, the Columbus Blue Jackets are 47-31-4 entering play with 98 points on the season. Uh, the Lightning won the season series. Uh, they combined for 112 goals in those three games. Columbus scored negative five. Your thoughts on this series, good sir? Are we seeing an upset here? Well, I'm going to start out by saying this much. Yeah. The Columbus Blue Jackets. <laughs> I don't like the start of this. <laughs> Columbus Blue Jackets. I'm just going to take you down a little little trip here that sure. I did not realize when I woke up this morning. Okay. They have more wins this season than the Pittsburgh Penguins, mm-hmm. the Toronto Maple Leafs, yeah. St. Louis Blues, yeah. San Jose Sharks. Mm-hmm. Vegas Golden Knights. Yeah. Both wildcard teams in the West. Tied with the Nashville Predators. This is uh that's a weird that's a weird thing. That's a that's a weird lineup for Columbus to, to come in as as the number two wildcard uh in the East. And I, I believe wholeheartedly if if this team could have managed one more point on its season, uh, that they would be into the second round defeating the Washington Capitals. But instead they get the greatest hockey team uh, that has ever played the sport, quite possibly. We discussed it. They're in the talk. They're they're in that top three now. Sure. And uh, I I really want to tell you that there's an upset coming because I believe Columbus is one of the few teams that could do it. That could upset Tampa. Yep. See, I feel the opposite. I have no reason to believe Columbus stands a chance in this series. Hard to say. I, I, I don't know. Like I don't. I just don't like Columbus coming into the playoffs the way that they have. Um, they played some decent hockey since the deadline, but it was kind of in spurts and here and there. Correct me if I'm wrong. Wasn't Columbus leading the division by, like, 
eight or ten points at one point this year, like before Christmas. Not that much. Anyway. No, no. I th- I thought they had the division by like an incredible amount at one. I point. don't remember them being in the division lead. It might at have been all. November. No, they were for sure. Okay. Until like for a while, actually. Really. Um. Yeah, because like, you're gonna remember the Caps kind of stumbled out of the gate, and then they've been fine all year, but they okay. just they stumbled out of the gate. So. I don't know. I I think that there's only two teams in the East that I would safely not safely, but there's, I think there's only two teams in the East that I could see beating Tampa. Columbus is one of them. Um, I don't no. think it's going to happen. But Columbus, you got to think of the way that they've been playing recently. Like they they had to fight and claw and scratch just to get into this uh, dance. So they've been they've been playing meaningful hockey the last month. Where Tampa, short of a couple records that look yeah, nice right on a on a plaque uh, <laughs> you, you feeling okay there bro uh, or yeah. take, I, I, take a breath they're they're a good team they're gonna obviously come ready to play but i just wonder if they're mentally prepared for the dance i i don't doubt that they'll beat columbus i just i have my kind of spider sense trepidations yeah i this is not the same conversation if we're talking about 90% of the East. But Columbus, I don't know, I, I get a weird feeling with them. So Tampa uh, in five, I'll say. But I don't know. Uh, I don't know. Yeah, I'll say this. Tampa will get a run for its money at some point in these playoffs. Columbus will not be the team to do it. Tampa in four with my love and respect to the Blue Jackets because I admire the hell out of what Yarmo Kekalainen did at the trade deadline this year. I want a really good playoff run for this team, but the fact is that they didn't earn themselves a better lot in life here in the playoffs, and therefore they deserve to burn in hell, which the Tampa Bay Lightning will definitely make happen. Burn the witch. Yeah, yeah. No, no, absolutely, James. Yeah, so you're saying Tampa and five, I'm saying Tampa and four. Um, all right. The fuck. I thought we were saving this for last, but... We could. Do you want to? Yeah. Yeah, you know what? I'd rather end with this than end with New York-Pittsburgh. No, let's let's save Toronto-Boston for the end, because that way uh, all the non-Leaf fans can turn this podcast off so they don't have to listen to us. And we can cry together. Discuss why Toronto's going to win the series, despite the fact that there's nothing really leaning their way. Uh, Washington and Carolina will play each other. Washington enters uh, the series... 48-26-8 with 104 points on the season. Carolina enters 46-29-7 with 99 points on the season. Now, admittedly, this is one series where I kind of look at and I'm like, okay, I I think Carolina would have beat most teams, but they have to play Washington and I don't feel great about that. Um, So you never know. What I will say is that the Washington Capitals did win the series, season series, fairly handedly, but I will say so with an asterisk beside it. Washington won 6-5 in a shootout on December 14th. Uh, They won 3-1 in regulation on December 27th. They again beat Carolina 4-1 on just March 26th, and they beat Carolina 3-2 on just March 28th. So... Washington is one of the few teams, I would say, going into the playoffs. I know this is a hot take, considering they won the Stanley Cup last year. I think they're playing very well. (laughs) Washington is one team I am not too concerned about going into the playoffs. Like, this could be interesting, man. Like, I don't know. 
like I, I I like this. Carolina is the third hottest team since December thirty first. They are thirty two and twelve and two. That is the third best record in the National Hockey League since New Year's Eve. Now Washington's ninth. They're twenty four and sixteen and five. I I don't know if this is a sl- a slam dunk for Washington. Like I think Carolina is going to give them a run. I think. Because in these markets where they don't get anything nice for a while, that building's going to be fucking rocking, man. And, you know, so is the, what the hell's it called? Capital One Arena? Yeah. Is that what it is now? I know it is the MCI Center back oh, in 2000. I, I always know it's Verizon Place. Verizon, Verizon works too. Um, I don't think this is a slam dunk for the Capitals. I'm not saying I'm not taking the Capitals, but I think Carolina has a lot to give here. James? Caps and six. Caps and okay, but that that you still think some pushback there? Oh yeah, a little bit of pushback. I, I, I Carolina is going to win one of those games uh, at home. They're going to win one of those games on the road. Uh, the one that comes on the road is uh, just going to be that's going to be game five. You know, the Caps can have a chance to close it out. They're just going to get a really hungry Carolina team, and uh, that's going to extend the series. But uh, I want Carolina to do well. Like I, I like what they did this season. I, you know, ten years without making the playoffs. You know, and hey, Carolina's track record of making the playoffs. Let's let's not shake a stick at that. Last time they were there, conference finals. Time before that, Stanley Cup. Time before that, Stanley Cup finals. Uh, this team in the, wow. in the last three appearances, I didn't even think about that, <clears throat> has gone this on team, some runs. This team has one of the best winning percentages in playoff series since two thousand in the entire National Hockey League. As long as you don't like put a minimum appearances that's on fu- it, yeah, that's yeah. honestly fucking crazy to think about, though. Oh my god! Ugh. and then they've only been in there twice since Jeff O'Neill was on the team. Like that's insane. Yeah. Um, I don't know if the Carolina Hurricanes, as the Carolina Hurricanes, have ever gone out earlier than the conference finals. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, man. Like I don't know. Like, here, I have issues with this series because it's like. Excuse me. I have issues with this series because, like, when you look at this series and look at the underlying numbers, if you look at everything, it is really hard to make an argument that Washington wins this series because, like, everything points towards Carolina. They've been the better team since over the last three months. They are an insanely better possession team. They are insanely better at expected goals and forcing scoring chances. But, like... Washington just won the Stanley Cup last year. Like, they have the best goal scorer of all time still in his prime. They also just beat the Hurricanes back-to-back. Yeah, and back. that's just what I mean. Yeah. Carolina has has only lost a few games over the last few months, and two of them came against Washington. So, I don't know, man. Like, like it is tough. And I'm... I'm I'm going to make a prediction, and this... Like, look, I made my, I made my hot take prediction with Dallas. This is going to be a softer softer take here and I'm, I'm gonna take the easy road out here I'm, I'm i'm i'll just say it i'm gonna pussy out of this one okay i'm going to say washington's going to win in seven i'm also going to say i wouldn't be shocked if carolina wins the series so that's not that's you know that's teetering around but i'm gonna take the capitals sure because i would say the capitals are pretty high on my list of teams i think will win the stanley cup this year take that for what it is fair enough okay yeah uh, who else do we have? We have the Pittsburgh Penguins and the New York Islanders, the Brooklyn Islanders. The 
Where do they even play now? I forget. They've got so many arena islanders. We don't need him islanders. There's only one snake I know on Long Island. There's only there's only one species of snake home to Long. There's only. Is, is this an Alexi Ashen joke? I don't know. Era. <laughs> <laughs> Moving on. <laughs> oh yeah, this is Lou Lamorello's team. Oh man, how many games does Ross Johnston get in? Ross know, the Boss Johnston. Do you remember that well, guy? Well, the Islanders only getting four, so Ross Johnston gets into one. Do you remember that guy? We made a joke about the opening podcast of the year. We to- joked about Ross Johnston getting a four-year deal yep. at $1 million a year. Oh. Like, how many games would he play? How many Over goals under. would he score? Would he get a lot of into, into a lot of games? Would he do pretty well? I mean, for what it's worth, Ross Johnston, one of the best scorers in the league. Ross Johnston had uh, four points in 17 games this year. He's got a hot bat. That's like... That's like $847,000 a game. No, James. <laughs> that's like That's like $367,000. Number, man. Take a zero off your number. You're getting warmer. Yeah. Um okay, the Islanders and the Penguins. The Penguins, the Islanders go into the playoff series uh, 48-27 and 7 with 103 points. The Pittsburgh Penguins Go into the series 44, 26, and 12 with 100 points. The season series was tied. The Islanders beat the Penguins 6-3 to on October 30th. The Islanders beat the Penguins 3-2 to in a shootout on November 1st. The Penguins beat the Islanders 6-2 on December 6th. And the Penguins beat the Islanders 2-1 in a shootout on December 10th. Have not played in a while. Hmm. Have not played each other. In a while. That's haven't, true. Haven't seen each other in a while. Need to get reacquainted. Need to get reacquainted before they uh, long, do do the dance. Long history of playoff battles. To be well, it's been a while, but uh, it it's been a, it's been a while. It's been a hot minute. It's been a while. Yep. So, I'm gonna kick this off. Yeah. Pens and four. <laughs> Get your brooms out. Ugh. You're going to have a sweep, Long Island. Ugh. You're going to want to sweep this. Butch Goring is not going to be happy to hear that. Um, why? Be- because the New York Islanders are not a good hockey team. No. No, they're, no I know. They're a bad hockey team. Yep. And the Pittsburgh Penguins are a good hockey team that had a poor start to the season. And since that poor start, have found a way to start playing good hockey again because they're a good hockey team and the pittsburgh penguins have Sidney crosby and the pittsburgh penguins have evgeny malkin and the pittsburgh penguins have two cups in the last three years and the pittsburgh penguins will sweep the new york calendars okay so my first thought here is that the penguins you need to remember were um how they say bad at the start of the year and not like uh not like, oh, they'll win eventually bad. No, they were just bad. Oh, yeah. A couple things I have to say about the, the Penguins here. First off, I, I I don't like the Penguins. Oh, no, do I. Team. No, I, like, I shouldn't. It's not like I don't like them. I've come around on the Penguins. I'm actually kind of rooting for them. I don't here. like the Penguins. I, I've come around on them. Um, but they're not a great hockey team. Uh, other than Chris Letang... Their next best defenseman is Brian Dumoulin, who um, 
is not incredible. He's fine, but he's not great. Uh, you know, I was listening to uh, Jack Edwards call a game, and he because uh, he was chirping the Leafs about how the Leafs don't have a strong enough decor to beat the Bruins. And everyone compares them to the Penguins a few years ago. And he's like, you don't consider they had defensive or they had offensive defensemen like the Leafs don't have. The Penguins, they didn't have Latang, but they had Ole Mata. Ole Mata would not even be on the fucking Leafs defense. He wouldn't even make the team. The Leafs have Ron Hainsey in the lineup, for God's sakes. Fucking Ole Mata wouldn't make the team. Give me a goddamn break. Anyway, uh, like, I, I... I don't like Jack Johnson. I think Eric Goodbranson may be the worst defenseman in the National Hockey League. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. That said, the New York Islanders are the 26th best, 26th best out of 31 uh, possession team in the National Hockey League. Mm. They have is, a, that, is that good? No. No, you want to rank in the top 15, 16 ideally when you're making the playoffs. The New York Islanders have a 101.9 PDO. Uh, for those of you who are not familiar with PDO, PDO suggests how lucky are you. And if you have a high PDO, you're lucky. And if you have a low PDO, you're unlucky. And uh, to be honest with you, if you have low Corsi numbers but a high PDO, you are a bad hockey team. Mm. And the New York Islanders have a very low Corsi and a very high PDO. Uh, this is a team that makes regular habit of giving Valtteri Filppula more than 14 minutes a night. It's a team that makes a regular habit of giving Leo Komarov over 13 and a half minutes a night. 13 uh, and a half This minutes. is a team that makes a regular habit of playing Brock Nelson almost 18 minutes a game. Ryan Pulak plays 22 and a half minutes a night. I love Robin Leonard, but he is going to face a fucking onslaught in that first round. I don't share your opinion of the sweep, but I will take the Penguins in five or six. Well, I'll pick. I'll, 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 I'll say six because the Penguins' defense worries me. Um, but I mean, even like when you look into other things like special teams, the New York Islanders have the 29th power play in the National Hockey League. The Pittsburgh Penguins, I shouldn't have to tell you, uh, have the fifth best power play in the National Hockey League. Um, penalty kill is not a, a much different number. Like, there's just really nothing to me that points to the Islanders that there's something here other than, uh, you know, raw. we have a lot of grit, a lot of jam, a lot of hat. We got a lot of hat. whole lot of heart. It's not good. <clears throat> it's not good. It's going to be bad. Uh, on December 1st of this year... Yeah. The Pittsburgh Penguins lost to the Philadelphia Flyers. Uh, that dropped them to 10-10-5, third last in the East. Since then, the Pittsburgh Penguins have gone 34-16-5, one of the best teams in the second half of the season. Arguably, the second half of the season MVP in Sidney Crosby, who was a different player uh, in 2019. I don't see how the New York Islanders beat this team. I don't see it. You look at it, you want to look make any comparison you want. Islanders fans, please, I wish this was live. I want your calls. I want you to tell me <laughs> where do do they where where are they better? All right, James, we got a call on the phone. Uh, Tyler Matthew is calling. Tyler, what do you have to say? 
Are you fucking serious? Robin Leonard is going to have to do some extraordinary feats if he expects to beat the Pittsburgh Penguins. Because that's the only thing on this roster that can stand up to the Pittsburgh Penguins. And he's doing so against a guy with two cups in four years of experience. That is fucked. Yeah. I mean, like, here's one thing I I won't dispute is we are definitely talking about two really good goaltenders here. Definitely. Like, that's for sure. Um, What's amazing about it is they're both doing it with horrendously bad defense cores. (laughs) Um, I mean, Pittsburgh worse than the Islanders. I'll give them that much. But uh, the Islanders are one of the few teams since November, or sorry, since December 31st that actually has a better record than the Penguins. Um, the Islanders have, however, allowed the least amount of goals in that time and have also scored among the lowest. Um, in a series that Sidney Crosby and probably Evgeny Malkin and Phil Kessel are going to dictate the pace of play, good luck slowing that down. Because if you don't have the puck, how are you going to slow the pace of the game down? Awesome that they have home ice. Good for them. You think the Penguins give a fuck about home ice? Do you have home ice when you have multiple buildings? Like, how does, I don't know. Is that a Where thing? are they playing their playoff games? Do we Nassau. know? Nassau. Is it? Yeah. Nassau. Yeah. That place is going to crumble to the ground. If that place falls to the ground and something hits Sidney Crosby in the head, the Islanders should automatically have to forfeit that game. I'll agree right? with that. Yeah. I'll agree. I think that's fair. Just tell me how it's not fair. It's fair. Just just a, a sidebar, because I, I have to get this sure. on record before sure. I, I never have the chance to again. Sure. This, uh, this, this same... I, I looked at the, the, the standings as of December 1st for the purposes of our argument about the Penguins. The New Jersey Devils, who were last in the East, by the way, at, sure. on December 1st, had a home record of 7-1-4 and four, and were last in the East. Just... Uh, just two wins on the road. Just two. Just thought that was fun. Just thought that was a nice little tidbit you might get a kick out of. Yeah, I was kind of hoping we would go the whole podcast without having to talk about the New Jersey Devils, but here we are. Hmm. Okay. Yeah. Uh, sorry, so, uh, wait. I, oh, yeah, we did pick. We did pick. You said pens in four. Sweet! I'm going pens in, what did I say, six? Yeah. I'm going pens in five. Um... <laughs> The Islanders don't Come lose, on. don't win Bring, a single game at home. Let's your, do it. Get your broom out. You can join me. Yeah, it does sound fun. It does, doesn't it? You haven't picked a sweep yet, and I know you're not picking a sweep for this next series. Oh, you know what? You know what's perfect is I'll take a sweep in that series, and I'm going to play the Sean Avery uh, soundbite right now. Let's go. Penguins in four. Let's do it. You fucking greasy Islander fucks. You guys get out cheered in your own barn by Ranger fans every time the Rangers play the Islanders in Long Island. Fuck you. Okay. Uh, that was awesome. The, uh, <laughs> the the Boston Bruins and the Toronto Make Me Laughs. Insert clip of Tsunami. <laughs> yeah. I mean, what's interesting about these series is we're playing two teams that have no history playing each other. The Boston Bruins with... <laughs> Someone men in blacked me. It was great. Uh, the Boston Bruins. Yes, where can I sign up for such service? 
the Boston Bruins come into the series 49-24 and 907 points. <laughs> Toronto Maple Leafs come into the series 46-28 and 8 with 100 points. The season series, the Boston Bruins won. Uh, they won 5-1 on November 10th. They <clears throat> lost, and the Leafs won 4-2 on November 26th. The Bruins won 6-3 on December 8th. I don't remember that at all. Was that the Saturday night when Freddie got pulled? Uh, it was. Yeah, it would have been. Okay. Yeah, because it was exactly one week after my trip to Minneapolis. So That was William Newton's okay. first game. No, he played the Thursday against Detroit as well. Oh, he did. Yeah, yeah and then... Uh, January, Jesus. Yeah, it's, you're getting the Bears ready for the Bruins series, eh? That's great. That's ominous. And the uh, Bruins won 3-2 to two on January 12th. I didn't realize they hadn't played in that long. Yeah, it's been a while. Been a hot minute. Yeah, I was noticing my blood pressure uh, going down significantly. Okay, the, the Leafs and Bruins. Your thoughts, good sir. I have, uh, I have grappled with this series uh, mm-hmm. over the past however long it's been since we found out they were playing. A lot of me thinks that the Bruins are going to win. Uh, a lot of me thinks they're going to win because... Um, me thinks. I think that uh, they've just kind of proven all season long that the Bruins are maybe the better hockey team. And I feel like you're delivering a eulogy right now. It's like, listen, I uh, I remember the season started. I was, I was, you know, I was pulling for the Leafs, you know. And, you know, and who could I, forget such amazing nights? I remember in, you know... December, thinking that the Boston Bruins, you know, they they're so good, and we not so good. So, but uh, I've come around lately, and uh, you know, I've I've taken a look at maybe the bigger picture here, and uh, you know, take uh, any time, uh, you know, get uh, Austin out there, you know, with uh, Mitch and uh, I think the Leafs. Uh, I think the Leafs come out on top on this one. Okay. In six. Okay. That's kind of cool. Home ice. Okay. Um, now, I have to say something. Uh, you said a whole lot of nothing there. Can you maybe... <laughs> what do you mean? Can you maybe elaborate as to why Toronto's beating Boston here? You're just oh. like, well, I've grappled with it, and I've thought about it, and you know, they're going to fucking win, you know? That was my result. <laughs> I, didn't, I didn't get a chance to get to my... That's so okay. Was that was like, my big... No, I was making sure you had a thought process. It wasn't just oh, like, yeah. fuck... It wasn't like me with Arizona last week. It's just like, I'm going out with a fucking shit. No, fuck no, no. this. No, no, no. You, there's a little of anticipation here, you know? That's why we left this series to the end. Oh, you God, know? You gotta okay. work the... Yeah, I don't know. I thought maybe you were just being... No, yeah, Leafs no, win. No, no, Game no. over. Game. Good Boom. luck. You got Chara, we got Riley. Fuck you, Boston. Easy with those comparisons there. I don't want <laughs> to. I, I don't want to. That's what you were getting at. I don't want to strip the big man. You're a okay? big Riley guy. <sighs> Fucking right, Sam. <laughs> yeah. um, this this series, and I'm I'm, I'm not going to sugarcoat it for the Leafs here. If Freddie Anderson doesn't show up, then don't bother making the flight to Boston. As far as I'm concerned, like, why waste our time? I think Freddie Anderson's going to show up. I think a big Wait, part of... Who, who was not taking what flight to Boston? The Leafs. Like, for game one? Well, I, I guess it'd be going when, back to... That doesn't make any sense. Yeah. Like, you mean after game four? Yeah, I guess oh, so. okay. <laughs> Just, I don't know. I was like, how do you not know he's not going to show up if you don't yeah. play game one? I was going to say, like, don't bother showing up, but then they'd have to go back to Toronto regardless, because that's where he lives. If so. you don't score a goal tonight, don't bother coming home. <laughs> 
door closes, I will cold walk into Niebing Arena. And I said, you know what, Pat, you're right. Yeah, that was the best advice the coach ever gave me. Um, sorry. Uh, no, um, I think Freddie Anderson's going to be okay. I thought uh, he uh, he f- was starting to get back back in his groove. People are going to point to that game against Montreal and How say... Uh, Freddie got his groove yeah, back. Yeah, people are going to point to that game against Montreal and say that that was an outlier. Well, yeah, you know, that's what happens when you play an AHL-level defense. Um, but... How dare you? Look, I think this Leafs team is it's better... championship Calder Trophy team. How yeah. dare you? Oh, that's fair. Uh, okay. I, I think this is a better Leaf team than uh, what we saw last year. Um... I, hey, look, I think this is a good Boston team too. I, I think that this is there's there's no shame in losing to the Bruins, and there's there's a lot of talk in Leafland about uh, if they don't get it done, then we got to tear it all down, and we got to fire Dubis, and we got to put Shanahan on an ice drift and let him float away and and melt into the St. Lawrence. But there's no shame in losing to the second first, best team. First off, let me just say this: Brendan Shanahan doesn't go out. In 30 years with a stogie in his mouth and a fucking boardwalk empire hat on like Glenn Sather out of this organization, I will be pissed in his own way. He probably won't be wearing the hat. Yeah, that's fair. Maybe no stogie. Uh, More of like a hair slick back and a scotch kind of guy, probably. There we go. Shanahan, that's, that's, you yeah. you're talking his language. Yeah, that's first off. Yeah, but uh, I think a big, a big reason for Boston's success this year is uh, the dual tandem of Tuka Rask and Yaroslav Halak. Challenge you to a duel. Okay. So, is that a factor in the playoffs? Is it is it an advantage to have a, a good backup goalie in the playoffs? I don't think so. That guy's not supposed to be here. Like, the, you know, the guy on the bench is not supposed to play in the playoffs. Best case scenario. It's an advantage if your first guy is shaky. Or hurt. But sure. neither of them have been shaky this year. Right. Like, arguably, Halak's been the better goalie. And that's... Like, Rask has been fine. And that's and that's like, fair. So, you want to talk about this team being so much better than the Leafs because of where they finished in the standings. Well, mm-hmm. let's let's play devil's advocate here. You give the Leafs a Yaroslav Halak-type backup goaltender. This is probably a much closer race than mm-hmm. what people are talking about. Because I think when you look at the offense uh, that the Leafs can bring it much outweighs the advantage on defense that the boston bruins have and if this was the mid-90 uh trap era nhl i, I might like the the defensive team here i might like the boston bruins a little bit better but you know what the leaves the leaves best weapon is its offense and they've got some offensive weapons on defense they've got some offensive weapons up front they've got three lines of, of offensive weapons, whereas the Bruins have one and a half, maybe two at most. Yeah. None of their defensemen are overwhelmingly scary at five on five. Tory Krug, to to his credit, mm-hmm. he's a power play specialist. So, and that's a big factor in this series as well. If 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 you are constantly making trips to the penalty box, either way, either team, you're not going to last much longer than you know four or five games. So. Mm-hmm. I don't know. I think it's incredibly even. I'm going to give the Boston Bruins a lot of credit here because I know there's a lot of Leaf fans out there that are jumping, biting at the chance to get some revenge, that are you know declaring it over from from one perspective, and you know there's another perspective here that says the Bruins are going to do the same and and, and roll over the Leafs in four. Mm-hmm. I don't think either case is is likely. I think we're looking at six or seven games minimum, 
and I just I think minimum seven games. Yeah, <laughs> six games minimum. Like I, I'm yeah. I'm saying a hard eight, <laughs> soft nine. We're gonna have some postpone games because uh, you know these these things don't. Uh... I can't do this anymore, <laughs> folks. Why don't they get Bob Cole to do this game? I don't know. That's that's my extended uh, analysis of the Leaf series. I good. think they're better than last year. No, you did good. You're getting a little red in the face there, but that's, I, that's good. You got yeah. a little worked up. Yeah. That's good. Let's go. At the towel's out. Okay. Yeah, well, okay. So before before I join you with this with this hilarious, uh, Hurrah. you know, fucking frat boy yelling sa- session, I need to say a few things. Boston should win this series based on most metrics. They should. They, they've been the better hockey team this season. When When Mike Babcock made a comment, about how a lot of teams have done a better job in the wake of injuries than we have and have been a better job with their depth and developing the depth. I don't think that was a shot at management as much as it was a compliment to the Boston Bruins. Because I think the Boston Bruins have continued to play some dominant hockey um, with Pasternak playing 66 games, with Bergeron playing 65 games, Tory Krug playing 64 games, DeBrusque hasn't looked right for a while. Um, McAvoy only played 54 games this year. Like, they've had nobody play all 82 games. Now, this is where I'm giving them credit, and I'm saying Boston did an amazing job this year with playing through these injuries, and, you know, a lot of it helped with not having not a lot of guys out all at once. But that wasn't always the case. They had injuries pile up here and there. Look, they, they did an amazing job with it. I'm not saying that I think the Leafs are winning the series because of this, but one of my concerns is how healthy is this team? How healthy are all 23 of these guys? Uh, I don't think there's any concern in net, but I am a little worried about some of these guys up front. A A lot of these guys on the back end is what concerns me a little bit more, though. I don't know that all these guys are right, because if their healthiest defenseman right now is Zdeno Chara, He's smart, and he's still pretty good. But you can't play him 27 minutes in a fucking playoff game. And if you can and he does well, good for you. I wouldn't try it. I wouldn't tempt fate there. Hmm. I think the Leafs have been hit hard because of a few losses due to injury. Um, I think they've had some lapses. And I think Mike Babcock has a point because any time a big-name player on the Leafs has gotten hurt... They've had some issues. And most of the time when everyone's been healthy, they've been pretty good. Um, So, first off, I wonder about the Bruins' health. But more importantly, um, I think the Leafs are kind of a deeper team than Boston. I'm not going to say completely. Oh, they are. Um, It's just the fact that, for sure, the Leafs' second line is much, much better than Boston's second line. And that the Leafs' second line is much, much better than Boston's second pairing. Because I can definitively say what Boston's second line is. And I have no earthly fucking idea which of the Leafs' lines is better. Because they're both among... The top two lines are both among the league's best. Um, I happen to believe as a guy who's watched their whole season for the first time, I can say I pretty much saw every minute. uh, Because I would go back and watch some games this year, and I never used to do that. I think if Andreas Janssen is healthy and is playing with Matthews and Nylander, 
I think this series is the Leafs to win. I see a line that in the time they've been together, although limited, they've dominated play in a way comparable to Marshawn's line. And the scary part about that is that it's likely going to be Tavares' line up against Bergeron's line. So if Matthew's line is free to go out there and run rampant against Krejci's line or whoever else it might be, I think the Leafs can win the series there. I agree with you, Freddie needs to show up. If Freddie doesn't show up, there's going to be a problem. If Jake Muzzin is still hurt, then there's probably going to be a problem. Um, if Gardner's still hurt, there's going to be a problem. And these guys are playing, but again, I don't know how healthy they are. As far as I know, both team has every player. But I am taking the Leafs in seven. I have said all year that I just feel this team is better than they've ever been. And the numbers don't necessarily indicate that, but there is another element to them that I feel like they can be more confident in each other and probably have been more so than in other years. They are another team that has kind of backed into the playoffs. Um, I mean, they've had some good games. They've had some bad games. They've had a weaker schedule down the stretch, and it's it's kind of hard to weigh it uh, because you've got guys who are injured, but you're also playing teams that aren't maybe quite as strong. So it's really kind of... The, the Leafs are a hard team to evaluate down the stretch, I think. I'm saying they're going to win the series. I, I'd be curious to see how many games out of the 82 they played this year where they had, you know, their... They're 20 guys. Uh, I'd on like the to ice. know that for Boston, too, to be quite honest no, that, with you. That's like, fair. I'd like to just compare the two. Like, that's fair. Because Boston is another Boston, team. Boston got the job done despite that. They whereas did. the Leafs There's no really yeah. struggled when they didn't. Yeah. And, you know. And when they were all there, they were pretty. That's, I, would, like, I would like to know their record with all every, with every guy. And there can't be many games either. That's the thing. Because you look at how well they did out the start. They were still missing William Nylander. So. Mm-hmm. Even to that degree, they were not a, a complete team. So, I don't know. I, I think that this is. I think this is the Leafs' year. I don't think there's any shame in lo- losing to the Bruins. I, I hope that some Leaf fan out there, if it's just one, then my then my mission is complete in saying that when this team loses to Boston, if they lose to Boston this year, don't freak out. Boston's a good team. Yeah, it's like. Like, would you I be mean, freaking it, out if, if you lost to Boston in, in the conference finals? No. The, the so pro- why freak out about it in round one? The problem is is that if the Leafs lose to Boston, which is still a pretty realistic possibility, uh, there there is going to be that idiot, probably Damian Cox or Steve Simmons, that is going to write that take as to why the Leafs should be splitting certain parts of the team up because there's no killer instinct. And probably the name that they're going to go after is going to be William Nylander. And to Kyle Dubas' credit, that is probably when we'll see an even bigger divide between Kyle Dubas and certain members of the media. Because he is not going to buckle based on what the media is telling him to do. Because part of his whole persona as a general manager is that I'm going to do things the way that I and the people around me believe is right. And he doesn't really care about what anyone else has to say because he believes in his way. And if he's wrong and he loses his job, eventually so be it. I do not see that happening anytime soon. But, you know, like, this, there is a lot to be said about this team. And I have no concerns if they do lose. Uh, I think you need to make some moves, but they aren't massive ones. Mm-hmm. Well said. 
Brutus is taking the Bruins in five. Four? <laughs> four? All right, four. Um, so there's your playoff preview, I guess. So just to, to break it down, I guess quickly, uh, I took the Flames in what? Five? Sure. You took the Flames in... Five. No, I took them in six. Uh, I take San Jose in six. You're taking Vegas in seven. Uh, I am taking Dallas in six. You're taking the Predators in five. Yep. Uh, I am taking Winnipeg in seven. You are taking Winnipeg in seven. Mm-hmm. Yep. It's nice. See you there. I'm taking Tampa Bay in four. You're taking Tampa Bay in five. Mm-hmm. Uh, I am taking Toronto in seven. You are taking Toronto in six. Yes, sir. That's pretty cool. At home. At home. <laughs> um, yep. I am taking Washington in seven. You are taking Washington in seven? Five. No. Okay. Uh, and I am taking the Penguins in four. You are taking the Penguins in four. So weep. Yeah. <laughs> okay. Well, there's your playoff preview episode. Um, We were going to do a top ten this week. I'm sure you remember us saying it. Clearly, we are not. I'm not going to do a three-hour podcast. That's just insane. Okay, uh, I'm good. You're good? I'm good. You're good. All right, you're the one that's good. See you later. Well, about time for me to be hitting the old dusty trail. I like your hat.